Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. We're broadcasting to you live today from the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus here in Edmond, Oklahoma. We are just days away from the 2020 United States presidential election. I don't know about you, but certainly our family will have that evening cleared just to watch the results. Certainly always high drama when this comes around every four years just to see how it's all going to play out. How will this election be decided? Will it be a red wave? Will it be a change in administration after just four years, which in American politics is actually quite rare? Will this election be decided by the tens of millions of illegals in this country who are allowed to vote in a lot of cases because of the lack of voter ID laws? Will millions and millions of mail-in ballots being sent out to people's old home addresses have any part to play? Obviously, that would make fraud quite easy. People who live in someone's old residence could pretend to be that person and just anonymously mail that ballot back in, pretending to vote for that person, pretending to be that person. What about all of the ballots that are ending up in trash cans and ditches by the thousands? Certainly a lot of factors, we would think, could decide how this election goes. But ultimately, there's a very different deciding factor from what we would normally consider. This is what it says in Romans 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. God, ultimately, will decide who is the American president for the next four years. Most people would not think of it that way necessarily and when we consider this fact it helps us realize that our votes do not matter that's certainly a controversial statement to make in general today your vote does not matter It makes absolutely no difference in this election on Tuesday night. It will have absolutely no relevance in deciding who the next president will be or in who will continue to be the president for another four years. Now, before you stop (laughs) listening, if if that is an upsetting statement to make, There's actually a whole lot of edifying, uplifting material to come in this show today. 
Just because your vote doesn't matter doesn't mean there's no reason for hope. Here is what Jesus Christ said about his followers, his loyal followers. This is in John 15, verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. That's right. God's people today are not thought of very highly by the world. In fact, this idea that your vote doesn't matter is considered repulsive by the world. We've been absolutely bombarded here in America with get-out-the-vote campaigns, all kinds of political commercials for both local and national candidates. Everyone is telling us that our vote is crucial and that it is our most important duty as Americans. But what if you are not of the world? What if you are not supposed to be of America? What if you are a proud, patriotic American, yet your loyalty does not lie first with America? That's what we're talking about here. There is a higher loyalty expected of true Christians. It is not, it is not about our country of origin as much as we should strive to be upstanding citizens wherever we live. That's not what's most important. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. This is where the wisdom of the Bible comes in. If you know anything about Bible prophecy, you know that another kingdom is coming. A new world government is coming. Jesus Christ is about to set that up. We don't know the day or the hour, as the Bible says we would not, but we can follow the timeline of prophetic events in the Bible and know that his return is near. Know that another kingdom is about to be set up. Know that all of our human governments are about to be replaced. Until that happens, God's people are considered ambassadors for Christ. A couple years ago, I wrote an article titled Voting for Death. You can find that at pcg.church. But the reason I'm drawing attention to this is because of an analogy that I made in there that I think explains it pretty well. Just talking about how we are ambassadors for Christ as Christians. It says, Imagine being the United States ambassador to Canada. You are currently living in Canada, but you are of the United States. Every word and deed is carefully curated so that you properly represent your home country. 
You serve as a mouthpiece for the United States presidential administration, not tainting your official statements or appearances with personal bias. Though you are residing in Canada, you are not a Canadian citizen. You still obey Canadian laws, but voting in any Canadian election would be illegal. That is the key. Voting in an election as an ambassador to that foreign nation would be illegal. Just like voting here in America is illegal for those who come here illegally and are not citizens. Theoretically, with, without voter ID laws, someone could be visiting here from Finland or South Africa or China or anywhere else on vacation and just happen to pop into the voting booth one day and cast a vote. I saw a video of, of uh, someone in Michigan pretending to be a famous musician. Didn't have to show an ID to even prove he was that famous musician. And he was allowed right in to cast a vote. That's illegal. If you are not a citizen of that country, you are not allowed to vote in that country's elections. And that's basically what it's saying here in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 when it's talking about true Christians. When we are ambassadors for Christ, for his coming kingdom, for his perfect world government that's about to be established on earth, it's actually illegal for us to vote in national elections or even local elections. In the good news of October, November 1984, the Good News magazine, the late educator and theologian Herbert W. Armstrong wrote, No, Jesus did not enter into this world's politics. He called his disciples out of this present evil world out of all its customs and philosophies and ways to a life of separation from the world. As you may have heard before, being separate from the world does not mean we somehow no longer live in the world. Oftentimes we live surrounded by the world in terms of our jobs or our education, or just our environment, who is around us. But we don't partake in the ways of the world as Christians. It's a very different and much more fulfilling walk of life. And that's why we don't vote. Here is another proof, if you will about why we don't vote. This is a theme that runs throughout your entire Bible. The two trees. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. These two trees in the Garden of Eden about 6,000 years ago ended up having a crucial impact 
on world history ever since. The last 6,000 years have been decided by the two trees. Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, had a choice to make between God's way of life and Satan's way of life. God opened their minds to the truth. He unlocked understanding of the truth that they could have never had otherwise. You can see that in John 6, verse 44. No one, no one could ever understand God's truth without God opening our minds to it and calling us into it. But God did teach Adam and Eve the truth. They did know their options. So when Satan came around in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve already knew better. They already knew not to listen to Satan's lies. And yet, you can read Genesis 3. And what happened there? The first vote in human history was a vote to follow Satan. It was a vote to choose the tree of death, you could call it, over the tree of life. And that is so evident in elections today. People are following satanic ideas. And it's not just one side or the other. You might look on a physical level at the two sides and be able to realize that maybe one <laughs> would, would serve the physical interests of the nation a bit better than the other. But ultimately, both choices lead us to death. They're both still branches of the tree of death. One side literally believes in executing the unborn as they're being born. It doesn't get much worse than that, but millions of people vote for it and don't care. They vote for the government stealing well over half of what you earned through hard work. They vote in giving to people who choose not to work. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. These are evil ideas, and they come from an evil source. But again, it's not just one side. Do you really think if the current president gets reelected that all of the violence and the looting and the crime in America's big cities is actually going to go away? Now, again, it might improve a little bit. But ultimately, we want a real change. We want actual solutions that work for real, that completely eradicate those problems. Will an election eradicate those problems? Will our vote really get rid of those issues? 
If you really think about it, you know it will not. Now, going back to Romans 13, verse 1, if the powers that be are ordained of God, if God has a reason for selecting certain leaders, wouldn't it be diabolical of us to vote against what he would want? Now, even if we do vote for the leader, he is going to select. Remember, it's not our choice anyway. And it's not even allowed because we are ambassadors of another kingdom. But especially if we end up voting against God's will, if God has a plan in place, if he needs a certain leader put into power to bring his prophecies to pass, and we vote against that, that's an extremely dangerous place to be. At times, God might want to strengthen a nation with a relatively good leader. Other times, though, he might want to weaken a nation from within. He might want to cause that nation's eventual downfall just by putting one influential leader in place. Naturally, we would not want to vote for a leader like that. Naturally, we'd end up voting the opposite of that. Even if that is what God wants, we'd vote the opposite on a human level. We would actually go against God's will in such a situation. And it, it wasn't long ago that such a choice would have been available to us. The Bible is specific. It does name names. There are personalities described in the Bible that relate directly to end-time personalities. In fact, we could prove to you through Philadelphia Church of God literature at thetrumpet.com that God has had a specific purpose in mind for each of the last two U.S. presidential administrations. Prophecies are being fulfilled exactly as God wants. And did you know that's where our focus should be over a particular vote. As exciting as election night is going to be next Tuesday, our focus is not on determining for ourselves who our next leader should be. As Christians, we do not get involved in that process. We know that prophecy must unfold the way God says it will. And a lot of these prophecies have to do with specific leaders in America today. We can sit back and watch these prophecies being fulfilled. And it can give us a whole lot of comfort. A lot of people in America, millions in fact, are staking their lives upon the outcome of next Tuesday's election. 
Now just step back from that concept for a second and think about it. Is that really worth putting everything on the line for? Just another human leader? Can't there be something more in which to place our hope? Can't there be something better out there to encourage us, to excite us, to uplift us? God's work today, the work done by the Philadelphia Church of God, has a very strong focus on prophecy. But first of all, the motivation is love. You can look at 1 Corinthians. I'm going to make sure I get this right. I believe it's chapter 13, uh, where the Apostle Paul talks about love. Yes, 1 Corinthians 13. Love has to come first, above everything else. God himself is love. Everything God does is love. His work is love. And that's why there is such a strong focus on prophecy. Prophecy is a warning. Now, for for members of the Philadelphia Church of God, for true Christians today, prophecy gives us peace of mind. We can know what's going to happen before it actually does, so we don't even have to worry about anything. But mainly, it has to be given to the world. The world needs to have a chance to access this message. They need to understand what is going on. They need to receive a warning, a witness of what is coming. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 in the Moffat translation says, Make love your aim, and then set your heart on spiritual gifts, especially on prophecy. So love comes first. Developing that perfect nature of God comes first. And then comes prophecy. This point is brought out in an article titled, How Practical is Prophecy? You can find it at pcg.church. It's written by Mr. Ryan Malone. How Practical is Prophecy? And I'll put that in the show notes today. But we do focus on prophecy in love. Yes, there's bad news. (laughs) There's bad news related to this coming election. A house divided against itself shall not stand, the Bible tells us. And we are a bitterly divided nation, and whoever wins on Tuesday will not be able to heal that divide. The Bible says, the Bible guarantees that. But we can know what else the Bible says. Yes, there is some bad news in prophecy. That's why it's also known as a warning. But beyond that warning is something so beautiful so inspiring and hope-filled. And 1 John 3, verse 3 says, 
And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. So true Christians, we don't vote, but we focus on prophecies being fulfilled through votes like the one coming up on Tuesday, through this election that will have earth-shaking consequences, through an election that God himself will decide. And we can know exactly what comes after that. The vision is written for us in the Bible. You can find it expounded upon at thetrumpet.com through so many different materials. And like it says, this hope, this vision of what lies beyond human government, it does give us motivation to purify ourselves to live our lives better, to actually build godly character, love, and every other aspect of godly character. Like like it talks about in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. Those fruits of God's Holy Spirit. And a big reason we strive to develop those is because we know what prophecy says. We know the bad times that are coming, and we know the good times that are coming. We want to escape the bad and reap the good. And that gives us all the motivation we need to become more and more like God every single day. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.